James. Raf. Ariel. Hello. Our guest today on the podcast is Ariel Bogle. She's a journalist at the ABC, um, one of the best technology journalists in Australia. Mm, actually. Agreed. Um, and she's come here to talk to us about privacy, data leaks, all the serious stuff. Welcome to Downround. Thank you so much. Good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's In what is a classically dank <laughs> recording studio. <laughs> Would you call it dank? I suppose it is, actually. All, I feel like all recording studios have a bit of that vibe. A bit of that vibe. There always, like, no airflow. No, exactly. That's true. Well, you've got you to cut out the noise, you know? Signal from the noise. Were you part of the Optus data link? Are you an Optus, an no. Optus gal? No, I wasn't with Optus. No. Your Telstra? No. Vodafone. <laughs> so basically, I've been through, like, the wars with Vodafone. I have some loyalty. <laughs> but I think... Yeah, I mean, it's only a matter of time till they get hacked too. Yeah, true. It would like never every Australian company. It would never yeah, it wouldn't happen to Telstra. That's why, that's why I pay the premium. <laughs> yeah, but you, you make a good point. Like my previous place of work has the details of a lot of big name business leaders across Australia. And they, I don't know if I should be saying this, but they keep all of their CRM on-prem. It's all like on-premises. They run their own servers. And I'm just like, there is so much valuable data on that. That is that is 100% been hacked. Like someone is in there because no offense. <laughs> rifling around. You're not going to stop a nation state for getting quite good information that's in there. And if not, you've just put a massive target <laughs> on their back. Yeah, true. It's like. Well, you just put a long, <laughs> a long bleep over it. No one will figure it out. It's fine. Yeah, I'll be going straight to your LinkedIn right now. <laughs> yeah, DMs are open. Everyone that listens to Downright is a straight shooter, in my estimation. Optus. And me- like, what's the Medibank thing, actually? I actually don't know that much about the Medibank thing. What- let's start with Medibank. We'll go into Optus in a sec. What happened? Medibank's interesting because a few weeks ago they came forward and basically put a, like an ASX notice out, as they're obliged to do, as mm. public companies saying that they'd had some kind of cybersecurity incident. And at the time they basically suggested that they wasn't clear if any data had actually been taken, that they thought they'd solved the situation, found someone on the systems, kick them out. But yeah. as the story evolved, it turned out that, in fact, the person or the people had gained quite a bit of access. Mm. It's not 100% clear how they got in. There's been some reporting, including from The Guardian, that uh, the hacker has had somehow perhaps fished someone or somehow got access to an employee's credentials and used mm. that to get in. And as the weeks have gone by, it's kind of gotten worse and worse. So at the beginning... They said they were contacted by the hacker who said they had about 100 samples of Medibank data. So mm. somebody's like personal details, date of birth, et cetera, including health claims data. So that could indicate like what kind of care you're getting. Mm. And then in more recently, they've come forward and said, in fact, the person had access to absolutely everything across all its products. So Medibank, AHM, which is kind of like cheaper option mm-hmm. and international student system as well. So not good? Not fab, no. Not ideal, especially not for health information. So I'm kind of glad, given the amount of attention that all these cyber incidents are getting, we're getting past this kind of inane um, excuse that a lot of companies give, which is like, oh, your credit card data wasn't touched, as if that's the most important information. Because when you have a health data breach, for me at least, that feels like the most serious kind of breach. Mm. I've been identity thefted. I mean- what, I mean, what's the word as the person, who, the victim? 
I've been my identity has been of- stolen. Oh. Well, when, when did this happen? And how? A couple of years ago, and it was an absolute pain in the ass, and remains a pain in the ass to this day. I ordered a new license, and like, I guess the universe just conspired against me. I lost my wallet on holiday. Had to like cancel on my cards, order a new license, and before I got back, someone had just like snatched our mail, including my license, and they then signed up for a bunch of credit cards, mm-hmm. etc. That was kind of annoying because you have to file a police report and get a police number in order to close all the credit card accounts. But the more annoying thing was to this day, you know, like Afterpay, players like that who say we are not a credit card company as part of their business model so they don't get the regulation of a credit card company. It also means that you can't just look up on credit rating database who is open to credit card in your name or who's open to buy now, pay later in your name. So there's just all these random buy now, pay laters in my name that I only found out. Like I tried to one day because of some weird bonus open a, <laughs> actually for for the business, I was like, actually that could be good for cash flow. Like should I open an afterpay for like cash flow and try That's to- when you're at rock bottom. That's <laughs> when you're at rock bottom. <laughs> no, it's just, you know, you got to work yeah. through these things, you know. Um, I tried to sign up and it's just like, you've already got an account and this stuff and then applying for a home loan. So has it like really affected your credit rating? Because I think that's another thing that I think a lot of people, it's really a big thing in the US where I live to like check your credit rating and it really affects like your day to day a bit more. And here in Australia, I think people didn't even know they had a credit rating until they apply for houses and stuff. Exactly. It's only when I applied for a house that you're like, oh, people can see every card that's opened. And they say like, oh, it looks like this was open, it was closed and it was a fraud and like they kind of, they seem to have been through it before, the, the lenders, but it's still all on my credit rating is these frigging things that open just because someone took my frigging license. That's an old school identity theft. Yeah, yeah. the stealing of mail. You're stealing mail. Like, you can't do much about that, unfortunately. I won't <laughs> say where my parents live, but my dad is engaged in like a constant war of attrition with the mail stealers at his building. <laughs> they just like come through and just like, I think they use a coat hanger and just snag out all the letters yep. and then just go through them for credit cards. Mm. And the whole buy now, pay later thing seems to have opened another door in this, like, in that they have even less verification of identity and, you know, it's even easier to open. Frictionless. That's the whole beauty of it, right? That's, that's why it's so good. And you got to sacrifice a few things for that, you know? Yeah. Like your identity. That's yeah. fun. Well, like, as I said, I've never, I don't want to open these buy now, pay later things, but the victims are the ones who don't use it. Just saying. Anyway, I don't use private health either. I think that's a scam. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying the people that have their identity sacks deserved it for yeah. being sucked into the scam? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to back you to no, the no, health on that. Over 40, it's worth it. Under 40, not worth it. That's a little, that's a raft tip. I'm not an expert. <laughs> I'm going to say spare a thought, though, for the international students who are forced to get it. Oh. So have to. Okay, yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, I'll spare him a thought. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> but then Optus was big as well. Optus was huge. I think the scale, just the sheer amount of customers that were affected. I mean, I guess as Australia, I mean, among many things that make Australia vulnerable, and I'm sure we can get into it is the fact that a lot of our industries are, like, really consolidated. Mm. So if you get an Optus, you get a Telstra or you get a Medibank because there's only a few players. You've got, like, most of the country. And the Optus one was laughably stupid and easy. And this is something that pissed me off. Like, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. (laughs) Most used word on the downright podcast. (laughs) No, it's true. You know, you're talking about a Medibank, this drip drip of information about how bad it actually was. And at least some information about like it being a phishing campaign, blah, blah, blah. But Optus seems to be an open API that's not authorized, which as a listener, what that means is you can effectively do a get. Anyone can do a get request with a free app. Get request is very simple. Anyone can do it. It's basically like typing a URL in 
to api.optus.com.au slash, you know, some numbers or whatever, <laughs> get contacts, you know, and just <laughs> all customer data. You spend most of your listening to the Malaysia company than teaching them how to hack every, every one of your four workplaces. If yeah. any place... Not allegedly. Allegedly, if any workplace <laughs> has an exposed API with customer data, that's, they, they deserve to get hacked. There, I said it. Now, that's like yeah, obviously and it's ridiculous. Like, just, like bread and butter, cyber, well, bug hunting, but mm. also like cyber criminal industries, like bread and butter activities scanning for open APIs. Yeah, just write a script. But the thing that annoyed me was that they said it was under three layers of encryption, <laughs> which is just like, what does that mean? Do you mean like the hard drive was encrypted? Like what was encrypted? Is it HTTPS? Like, Well, to give a bit of like journalism behind the scenes for your listeners. Please. Oh, I love this. <laughs> so, not very exciting, but just um, on the f- Friday they came out about the, they went public. I think it was the, the Queen's death holiday, which was, you know what I mean? Disrespectful. Less, morning, less said morning. about yeah. that. Than D- disrespectful. <laughs> well, I mean, that's legit what it was, right? Yeah, but everyone was busy time. morning. And they, they came out with that. And then they they held a media call on the Friday, and um, they held it over was it Microsoft Teams? It might have been my favorite platform. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, so you just had to type. You couldn't actually like ask the CEO a question. You couldn't interact with her. You had to type your question into a little box, and the publicist sort of went through them. Mm. Uh, and there was plenty classic. of questions in there that weren't answered, including my question, and I'm sure other people's too, which was like, how was the data stored? Why was it able to be accessed at such a huge scale? They do insist that the data was encrypted, as you've said, but like at some point it's become unencrypted. Mm. So how encrypted was it? If it's not encrypted in transit, then well, is it really encrypted, etc.? There's still a hundred questions. Op just needs to answer about that. And, I mean, you were saying earlier that these incidents are getting a bit more profile, but I feel like the more they're talked about, I guess the more disillusioned people are. Like, we just accept that. I mean, I accept that my data is out there. And I feel like the majority of the population, I know it gets bad, and I don't like the fact that my data is out. I would hate that if my med- well, I wouldn't that mind that much if my medical data was out there, but I can understand why. Like, <laughs> You're a strong, healthy guy. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Like, wow, this guy's BMI is incredible. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> average um but he's really tall (laughs) for his head (laughs) circumference (laughs) not sure either Mm. or (laughs) head circumference is actually bigger than the height anyway point being um people have become numb to it Uh, at least i I accept so no i mean just judging by people getting in touch with me and getting in touch um with abc in general i think actually a lot of people seem really shocked Mm. and surprised i think amongst people that like uh, live a bit more online or work in these industries may be been apparent, but I, I've been surprised by how upset people are and they obviously have all the reasons to be upset, but a lot of people actually do seem quite shocked and I think feel pretty under fire, especially people that have been in, caught up in like both the Optus and the Medibank yeah. and potentially this um, pathology company as well and VinoMofo and, you know. That's right, VinoMofo. Yeah, there's been quite a few. They dropped the bag. They dropped the bag, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the simple thing of wanting to have your subscription wine service. <laughs> yeah, so it's like anybody. It could happen to anyone. So you could write some kind of matching algorithm that matches people who have medical disorders that, where they really shouldn't be drinking with like the Vino Mofo leak. And then, and then deny then, them insurance. True. I was thinking more wow. shame them on Twitter, but. <laughs> <laughs> You're not thinking, you know, high level here. I mean, what is the ethics of that? You would hope that surely insurance companies aren't taking data leaks <laughs> and using it to create, I guess, a personas of people. Hand it to the quants. I mean, 
you would hope so. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but there's, you know, remarkably little legislation around this type of thing. And if you take each data breach individually, yeah, it might seem pretty standard information, like who cares if my date of birth out there or um, who cares if my name, my address, et cetera. But mm. it's like the compounding effect, like all of these things linked together and they do get linked together. Yeah, definitely. Because there's a variety of data brokers out there, for example, like there's the ones that claim to act more legitimately, but there's plenty of others that do use hacked data to create databases mm. and try and sell it as a service. Yeah. So. We get the emails all the time from various data brokers being like, hey, do you want the zero database? Do you want this company's database? Do you want that company's database? And what do you say? I say, yeah, I want this, this, and this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you ignore them because, like, <laughs> I assume that if I reply, I'm immediately added to, like, some kind of database, right? Sure, well, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is an email that works because I know it's not at, aimed at us know, specifically. Yeah, yeah. They're scanning probably, like, business records and domain name records, et cetera, and just pulling all the information, blasting out these emails, and then probably when you reply, it's able to somehow note that, okay, it's pet food industry or whatever, here's an active email Etc. Etc. Just like all those phone calls and texts you get. I do always wonder, especially with you know, you're talking about younger generations being a little bit more inured to it. We went through the period, I guess. Well, you know, Facebook, Cambridge Analytica, sort of time. Yeah. Which was probably not the most extreme version of that sort of stuff happening. It was not the biggest sort of most important data leak, but it was probably the most publicized one. It was certainly publicized. I'm not actually sure, and maybe you can enlighten me what the outcome of Cambridge... Do we know that Cambridge Analytica did anything? Did it lead to anything? So we should probably provide some context. Cambridge Analytica was... uh, They claimed to be a university research arm, but actually they were providing insights to Donald Trump's political campaign amongst other... I mean, it's kind of a separate issue. They made a lot of claims about the kind of insights they could have into people, their motivations, how to change their minds, which has been pretty heavily disputed in the years since about whether those techniques were effective... But I guess the scandal of the time was that they had been scraping Facebook data. My memory is that it was like a quiz you could do, yep. but once you did the quiz, it also scraped all the data of your friends. So it had like your friends list and all yeah. the information. So at the time- But using the, mm. the openly accessible Facebook API or whatever. Yeah. yeah. There was intended for researchers. Yeah, exactly. As a side note, it is the only time that the Office of the Information Commissioner, which is like Australia's- privacy regulator, has applied to the federal court to apply a fine against a company for a privacy breach. That's the only time. It's the only time. So, I mean, it shows how To apply the fine. They apply, they sort of um, send out penalty, you know, notices of privacy breaches, but in Mm. terms of like trying to level a financial fine and Facebook's fighting them over it. So, as an individual, so say my data was leaked in the Optus leak, it wouldn't have been because I actually want to have reception in Devonport, (laughs) but say it was, what can the individual actually do though? What's the compensation like? Very little and so. none because <laughs> Australia has no r- tort of privacy, so no right to sue for invasion of privacy. Mm. So it, it is a problem and at the moment the only way to get some, I mean the only way that the government can extract some penalty is through the Office of the Information Commissioner. As I've just said, they can level, they can attempt to level a fine of, I think it's about $2.2 million, but the... Attorney General has proposed that that fine should be raised. So they introduced some legislation last week saying the fine should be up to $50 million. Obviously, it's like a big jump, but more in line with other countries like the European Union and stuff. Mm. That's good, but it still doesn't provide any sort of individual compensation. That $50 million fine would go to the government. It doesn't go to you for mm. having to sit on the phone with a passport office to get a new passport. It mm. doesn't 
compensate you for the trauma of having your HIV status released online, for example. And and like to be frank, the fact of the matter is InfoSec, like security for these businesses is really expensive. And so if you're looking at the risk reward analysis, a fine of $50 million sounds like a lot, but if you get some consultant in, which already is going to cost you God knows how much, to then advise on what your cybersecurity practices should be and the hires you have to do and the software you need to use. And if that's five mil, six mil a year, then like a $50 million fine doesn't look that bad because you might not get hacked. You might not have a publicly exposed API. I don't know. I don't see the incentive basically to spend heaps of money on InfoSec other than from a branding perspective. But even then, like how many people have left? Share price might get it. A temporary dent. Temporary. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Yes. As if you're working through the, your sort of cybersecurity practices for your businesses right now. Are you doing that? Are you doing are you a, cycling through the numbers? Are you doing a P&L sheet no, in your head? I, I, I <laughs> continue scraping and... <laughs> no, from the outset, all the businesses basically outsource. This sounds bad, but like we outsource <laughs> our customer data platforms and identity management to very secure third parties. So we don't have any of it. Personally. The guy you met in the car park or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he seems legit. <laughs> he's he's cool, so yeah. smart man. He could JavaScript, Python, Swift, like you know. He knows it. them all. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like InfoSec is expensive. It's a huge industry as well, and a growing industry. And there's a lot of. It's also really hard to navigate who's protecting what, what's good. And at the end of the day, you have the liability, regardless of um, how many different products you invest in, and. Obviously, nowadays you can pay for insurance against uh, cybersecurity, but that is just ballooning. Like the cost. Well, Medibank of- didn't have that. It also, I think, is actually really hard to claim. The insurers like are well aware that this is like a serious vulnerability for most companies, so mm. they make the parameters for being able to claim that insurance pretty strict. Because they also don't have the expertise themselves to be able to go to the business, analyze what their cybersecurity is like, and then actually like set premiums or costs, right? Because but there is some nice symmetry to the insurer not having insurance. <laughs> is insurance a good Yeah, wow. Well, well, yeah, if the insurer doesn't insure, why are you? They're not eating the dog food, you know? <laughs> well, talk to us about Australian privacy law, generally speaking, like the, the laws that apply to these. They sort of cover these sort of breaches. What is it? What is the situation? Well, like there are privacy laws state by state, but the probably the one to focus on is the federal privacy law, which is woefully out of date, like no one would fight you on that. Reform of that law has been kind of kicked down the road many times by successive governments. There have been recommendations from law reform commissions like since 2008, if not before, to reform it in many, many different ways. There is a yet another review going on right now and under the new Attorney General maybe we'll see some movement and I think like these high-profile hacks and leaks have probably incentivized that process a bit more than mm. would have happened otherwise. But in general in Australia, we have done very little to discourage companies from just collecting as much as they can and keeping it for ages. I mean, sometimes the law requires them to keep it. So I think in the case of Medibank, state privacy law requires medical records to be kept maybe for six years from memory. So they have to to some extent. The Optus one is a bit weird because Optus said they were required to keep the data for seven years but refused to say under which law. Mm. And when I tried to figure it out, I couldn't find any legal expert who came up, came up with that seven-year number. It sounds good. <laughs> so it sounds <laughs> good. Seven's meant to be the number that you guess yeah. when it's between one and ten. But it's like, is that because ASIO makes them? They want to spy on us oh, at home? Absolutely. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, then we can get into the whole, <laughs> like, na- the national security laws that have been passed in recent years that also incentivize the collection of data and force it in some cases, creating its own privacy risk, mm. not to mention all the data the government holds. But say, take Optus, like, what is the reason that Optus has to keep your passport number mm. beyond the point of just checking it at the point of purchase? Like, yeah. Yeah. check it once, get rid of it. Well, the ideal is that they don't check it at all, right, and that they're calling a central database owned by the government and the government gives the check mark and sends that back to Optus rather than Optus actually holding our data everywhere. Yeah, something like that. Although, like, there is, a, of course, a risk of if you put everything together, it creates just the ultimate honeypot. Mm. I mean, I think a lot of people have been asking, well, is Australia under some sort of concerted attack? Like, is this some China, Russia, like, da-da-da-da, behind it? And nobody has suggested that's the case who is a sort of expert in this field. I think Australia's just seen as a pretty rich target yeah. from the reasons we've just been talking about. And then, of course, I think it's just a bit of like a Streisand effect when the media has turned its attention to this topic and so we're hearing a lot more about it. Mm. And it is actually happening all the time if you vaguely tune in. Yeah, there might be a bit of like, um, what's the word? Disclose your problem when other people are disclosing theirs to hide yours. You know, taking out the trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. Everyone's done it at the same time. Yeah, burying it. But, I mean, the reason that seemingly, at least from my perspective, shooting from the hip as usual, what's the incentive of a government to spend all this, again, time and resources and energy on privacy law, which is very complicated because you've also got to appease law enforcement, you've also got to appease all of the various agencies. The ATO, my understanding is they're quite aggressive with regards to like wanting to uh, have access to people's data. Speaking from uh, personal experience again. No, this is, oh, that's an anecdote. I may as well go, oh, I don't know if I, it's appropriate. <laughs> Someone, I've got to be- You're, already, you're an open book this yeah. episode. Sorry. <laughs> Very broad terms. Okay. Someone was working with the Turnbull government at the time on the architecture basically- that we have now, MyGov, and the various agencies have access to various parts of your data. They don't have access to all of it. And um, the permissions that the various agencies had for this data that is centrally stored in MyGov, the ATO was the one that, like, we need access to all of it. <laughs> we, need, we need it all. Whereas various, you know, obviously Australia Post is like, oh, their address would be good and maybe their phone number. You know, like... <laughs> But yeah, ATO is hungry. Except, hungry, hungry. But yeah, but what is the incentive of a government to tackle this when most people seemingly go like, oh, that's annoying that some people get a new passport. A lot of people just go like, oh, it's another thing on my to-do list. It's really annoying. I'll deal with it when it actually comes up as an issue and they forget about it. When it's this huge issue that crosses like every department of the federal government as well as the private sector creating new laws, regulations, regulatory bodies, ASIC, et cetera, et cetera. It's a, it's a big issue. And so, like, I can understand why governments aren't tackling it. The incentive isn't there because we don't get angry enough. We get angry enough, but maybe now's the time. I mean, there's, like, there's many reasons why it will cost the government long term, I think, to not act. You know, there is a security risk. I mean, if you're going to go real national security head on it, like the fact that a scale of the Medibank breach, including names, dates of birth and medical care for quote-unquote important people, people that work in government, people that work in military would be an extortion risk. So there's like that kind of national security Mm. risk too, increasing data breaches that might affect those kinds of populations, which is the same as like some of those huge breaches in the United States, like the Equifax breach, which has been sort of determined to be state government linked Mm. or state linked rather, trying to just like search out information about people that might be vulnerable, that kind of thing. I think there's also just like general 
if this just becomes like part of daily life that your information just keeps getting breached and breached, encourages apathy, but it also just encourages distrust. Mm. Like how can you be confident in your interactions with medical systems like your phone provider? I think that would have um, impact on public confidence as well and probably businesses bottom line in the end of the day. Yeah. But we'll see. Are you I'm, mad? I'm chill. It's all good. <laughs> I'm mad. Why are you guys not mad? I, I, I'm not mad. I'm mad. <laughs> no, I'm so, every time I see like the dark web alert come up on my password manager, I'm fired up. Also, every time this happens, we have to deal with the Daily Telegraph calling this all this information posted on the dark oh, web. It's on the dark web. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just like it'd be dark- nice for it to happen less because it, the media coverage is so annoying. Yeah, darkweb.com. You head over there. And you when can you just, Google dark web yeah, exactly. and you find- First link, type in the name of someone whose information you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back. And also, this is, I think this is another thing It sort of annoys me about the whole discourse about it. And it also comes down to, and the reason I've sort of brought up Facebook before as well, is a lot of these social media leaks and hacks also define the way that people think about their data because they're such big stories and when people think about that stuff. when Even when it comes to Facebook, when it comes to a lot of these hacks nobody really cares about your data individually mm. really like they're not, they're not trying to get you data is valuable like in the aggregate yeah. like th- that's what the data brokers are sort of dealing with that's what like scammers and hackers and whatever they're not trying to like get into your Commonwealth bank and steal thirty thousand dollars they may in some instances but like data is valuable in the aggregate right thirty thousand um, dollars <laughs> you've got thirty thousand <laughs> I'm, I'm just threw a number out there i just oh, threw a number I'm, <laughs> just one like with well, optus one was surprisingly cheap i thought yeah, one, right. one million. Didn't the guy want one? Yeah, he million? wanted one million dollars. Yeah, Austin like, Powers style. Ask for more, mate. I mean, don't, don't ask for more. Don't. <laughs> is, hack. That, is that your official? <laughs> don't hack, <laughs> children. Don't hack. Okay, no hacking. All right. <laughs> well, but you're start right. Start higher and then or negotiate down. Like out of the deal, baby. <laughs> 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 Have you read it? A million, a million dollars. Yeah, it's it's the sort of number that you a would, would come with. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you've, you've only ever had twenty bucks. To go back to what you said, like I take it seriously. It's I actually hate it when I get emails from people I don't know and I know it's because I'm part of some mailing list. I hate it. And my data got leaked by a frigging stupid, I bought a car. The car company seemingly gave my details to a frigging photography company as a gift for purchasing a new car. I could get the free photo shoot, but, you know, obviously you don't get blah, blah, blah. And then on their website. I believe that would be a breach of the Australian privacy law. Just uh, Yeah, I'm following up on it. But even worse. What was the photo going to be off? Like, no, just like you in the car. You in the skirt of Kodiak. No, like a family portrait. You know those things that you go and you get the photo taken and they make you pay for the actual print or whatever? Like it's just classic, just give it to an advertiser. But way worse, <laughs> when I looked at the link, I saw it was like user colon numbers. Clicked on the link just because I was like, mm, that doesn't look very good. And, of course, it's pre-filled all my information, including phone number. So, my information is just readily available on the internet for anyone who, again, you could just write a pretty simple scrape that just runs through numbers and just pulling everyone's data. It makes me super mad when that happens individually. My thing is, though, just like I feel like we lost. Like anyone who cared about this stuff lost it. When you can't buy a car or go to a photography studio without your data being leaked all over the internet, like what do we do to change the situation we're in now where your data is just required by everyone and just not cared for at all? You've got to crush these businesses. Like that photography studio should basically be (laughs) bankrupt, right? (laughs) I mean, that's one way to do it. It is wild. Like I made a restaurant reservation the other day and they asked my date of birth. Like, why? (laughs) What do you need? (laughs) You want to give me a different menu based on my age? That's it. 
Yeah, you either get your chips and nuggets. <laughs> well, I don't want anyone scamming the kids. Or or you, <laughs> you might just not eat much. You don't get the eight dollar, you know, margarita. Yeah. The other sort of potential for government inaction is the fact that the Privacy Act is currently exempts political parties. Yeah. Mm. And political parties gather heaps of information. Firstly, they have access to the electoral roll. Then they match that information with social media data. The way you might indicate on a call from a political operative that you vote, the petitions you've signed, the letters mm. you've sent to your P, etc. So Yeah, I, weekly letters for me. From who? From me to my MP. Oh, from you oh, to oh, your various MP. matters. <laughs> yeah, various matters. <laughs> yeah, petitions, in fact. You've got to come down on these letterbox thieves. Pot, yeah. Potholes, etc. Yeah. <laughs> That's why people get the SMSs or whatever that they complain about. Yeah. Um, but surprise, surprise, political parties aren't going to be changing that law anytime soon because guess who it benefits? Not me, mate. Not me. (laughs) Not me, the average punter. Not me, the voice of Middle Australia. That's what me. I like to hear from Clive. Yes, those were good. Where's the dinosaur park, Clive? (laughs) Where's the Titanic? Yeah, where's the Titanic? My vote wasted. (laughs) I actually didn't get the the Clive messages this time around. No, neither. So that gives me hope that I'm sort of off the grid. I changed my number to a premium number because I was sick of it, and I'm back in the same situation. It's got like a cool little pattern. What is so it? So it's not like 04. <laughs> it starts with 04, believe it or not. Okay. What's my number? <laughs> well, I just think we're being open. Well, you already know everywhere you've worked. Everywhere you've worked. No, exactly. No, no, you Your business practices. <laughs> what are my business practices? I can't buying, remember. Buying yeah, I'll, 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 I'll yeah. Outsource everything and, and buying data of my competitors. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs>